Hey friends, just a quick note about this uh, episode. It was uh, recorded on Zoom. It's a great interview and panel discussion we had, but there are times when the audio is crazy. Uh, there's going to be times when people are talking from Instagram and we're like relaying it through or you're hearing it via Aaron's mic. It, it's not the most ideal uh, technologically executed podcast, but it's a really important conversation. Uh, and despite it being like almost two hours long, uh, I'm hopeful that you give it a good listen. Uh, think about how uh, it impacts you, how you can impact it and uh, and go from there. And uh, yeah, so apologies in advance for the less than perfect audio quality, but I am really, really happy with how this uh, episode turned out. Remember, this is the last episode of season seven. I'm not going to be podcasting on Monday, uh, which is a holiday anyway. And uh, I will be back the week after that. Hope you all have a great family day. You're having a good winter and you enjoy this episode. So without further ado. Meetings being live streamed. Got it. Everyone's good with what we're doing. Any questions? No. I apologize that an animal goes tearing past here, making noise. There's a lot of them in this house, so it tends to happen occasionally. <laughs> that will literally make my night. Okay, perfect. Pick your species. Okay. Hey, okay, so this is it. I think we're rolling. That was surprisingly painless. <laughs> and for that, I have to thank my guest, who is Aaron Broadfoot, uh, uh, brewer, founder, owner any other titles you want to throw on that with little beasts brewer yeah nope i think that i think that's it i think you got it i summed it up there yeah. uh let me just slightly adjust my instagram camera that's a bit better i'm to used to the the tall thing and now i've just got a this thing and it was mostly <laughs> chest and a bit of my face okay so for the sake of the recording that will eventually go out on to mm -hmm. uh podcast players around the world uh yeah it's monday night we're having a time here this is the toronto beer podcast with me your host chris schreier as noted i am joined tonight by aaron broadfoot from little beasts we are going to be talking about beer and then we're going to be talking about a lot of other stuff and i'm assuming most of the people who are joining in right now probably already have a pretty good sense of what we're going to be talking about someone we... says the echo is really bad so i'm not sure if that's me it so might somebody, be me because my phone is definitely making noise and I cannot figure out for the life of me how to, oh, no, I can't, I can't mute it. You need to hear me. I just don't want to hear it. Okay. Is it, here we go. We'll figure this out. Cause it could where did, be. Where did you get that? Did you get that in the, uh, oh yeah. Chris Aaron, crazy echo. I do see that from Jen. Is it better now? Is it possibly mine that did it? Jen says it's on my end. It's my mic is picking up. My mic's picking up my phone. Here, can you talk for a second, Aaron? Yeah, I can. You still hear me? The echo is when Chris talks. That's super weird because my phone doesn't make any noise when I talk. I wonder where I'm getting doubled up on. Oh, it's fixed. Someone says it's better. Oh. Okay. okay. We got two non-techies trying to, we got this. <laughs> Weird, okay. but we're good. Hey, friends in the chat, feel free to tell us if it comes back. 
Mike says he thinks it's that your speakers were on, and so my voice was getting looped through your microphone. Yeah, very possibly. I turned off a couple things, so it might have been me. Yeah. Okay, Perfect. we've got a con confirmation. Perfect now. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, I have a small problem, which is I do have not just Little Beast's beers, but specifically Brave Noise, which I, I is the first one I want to drink. But I'm still working on my beer from dinner because uh, I, well, I had a beer at dinner. This, incidentally, is Zane lost his uh, avocado bag from uh, Refined Fool in, uh, in Sarnia. So uh, I need to get through this, though. Zane and uh, Refined Fool, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do, but I'm going to go full noise rugby on this one. So, uh, hey, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more than I just did while I shotgun this beer? Uh, my name is Aaron Broadfoot. So I'm owner, head brewer, founder, Little Beast Brewing in Whitby, Ontario. Um, I have recently been fairly noisy online. That's why I'm sure most people are here uh, with the whole brave noise movement and trying to make a little noise in Canada uh, just to make sure everybody realizes it's not just the U.S. that had a problem. Um, and yeah, stemming some projects out of this and hopefully going to make some long-term changes in the industry if I can. So I love it. <laughs> now, you didn't mention this, and it's one of those things that I think it's easy to take for granted. But the reason why you could do this is you had uh, a scope, you had a reach, you had a, a soapbox, if you will. And uh, you certainly did not have to use that to amplify the voices. You know, a lot of the people whose stories you've told, if you if, if they just put it out there, i realistically probably would never see it and a lot of people who probably have wouldn't have but because you were willing to make use of that that uh, scope that that loud loud horn no what's the word i'm looking for bullhorn that you had um it made a i say it made a real difference that remains to be seen but i can't imagine that it isn't going to be making a difference uh but uh, it's 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 early days yet yeah, I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't sure what would happen before kind of, I think like two weeks before the whole thing kind of launched, I had reached out to a good core group of my friends in the industry, letting them know what I was doing. And if anybody wanted to, you know, proactively send me stories just to see if it would take. And I was, I, I don't know if I was more terrified that it would or wouldn't at first, but it definitely did. And I, I'm glad it did. It's been, it's been a ride. It's been wild. Yeah. No, it's been crazy. We are going to get into that, but really briefly before we do, I just poured myself some Brave Noise Pale Ale from Little Beasts, 5.5%. Uh, it's funny because I've had uh, Muddy Yorks, but then Jeff told me privately that he did not use the Brave Noise recipe. He just made his own, like it's a pale ale, but he was like, I kind of did my own thing. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. Uh, do you want to talk at all about the production of this before we get into the uh, heavier topics? For sure. I mean, not shockingly, mine is Belgian. My, the typical, the Saison yeast. So it is a Belgian version. We do have mosaic in it. The, the grain base is a little bit different than the Brave Noise beer. Uh, we did use Mosaic, which was one of the hops. I'm not a huge fan of Sabro, so we kind of skipped the Sabro, did a little bit of Idaho in there. So nice, dank, fruity, bold, but it's, it's a fairly typical base, malt base for my Belgian IPA. So yeah, a little, little off of what the recipe was, but the idea and intention was there. So I think that was the most important part. 
Is it Pilsner malt? Is it Pilsner malt? Uh, yes. Well, this one used Pilsner malt and white wheat malt. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Usually, I actually usually use two row in most of my Belgian IPAs, but this time I didn't. Interesting. <laughs> I love the yeast profile on it. I also have, I can see a little, uh, little fuzz in my mustache. Uh, yeah, that's a really solid, like, Belgian pale. I like Thank that a lot. Yeah. yeah, nice and citrusy, little dank, like you say. Not quite like, uh, like herb, but it's getting in that territory. Yeah, and that's, I love the Saison yeast, the diastatic yeast with hops. They just do really nice things, create some great flavors, and the hop lasts longer with the diastatic yeast. So hmm. it's uh, it's one of my favorite things to do is big hoppy Belgians. So this was perfect. It was nice to play with. Do you ever do biotransformation with the Belgian yeast? Does that, is that, I have no idea. This is like a total, I'm just asking here. I never do, I never do like the drop the hops in at full blown uh, Krausen because I don't want the disaster, but you do just by nature of the diastatic yeast cleaving the hops differently, you do get some different effects when you do add the hops to it. So you do get a biotransformation of sorts, yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. And also I hadn't even considered, but yeah, if you dropped any particulate into a Belgian ferment, it would just. Yeah, a little I was bit about messy. to say, Kevin, you ever do that? Kevin, don't unmute yet. Don't worry. We got some people on the Zoom call with us that uh, are probably going to end up. Kevin's nodding. He's experienced this. He's had to get that an intern to mop up a, a bell brewery floor in, in, in his day. <laughs> um, that's This is fantastic. So this is available right now uh, at Little Beasts, I assume. Yeah. Little Beasts, a lot of our bottle shops are picking it up. I know Boston Nova did. I think Old Galt did. There's a number of places that are. And of course, yeah, straight from the brewery. So no LCBO, none of that from us. So. Yep. And you also obviously do uh, ordering because that's how mine came to me. So uh, anywhere in Ontario, are you limited to Golden Horseshoe or? Uh, pretty much. We ship with small batch. They do most areas. There's a few remote areas they don't do. But for the most part, it's $15 flat rate and it reaches most areas. Sweet. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, are you drinking anything at the moment? I'm drinking the same one. I'm doing Brave Noise. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I got some more. To, I do have more Brave Noise, but I'm, I'm going to also probably get into some other stuff. Aaron very kindly sent me a couple of uh, delightful things. So, sent you a few so, things. Yeah, you know, it, it might be a long call. If we get through all of it, I'm going to be a bloody mess, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> almost like a challenge oh i don't think that's a challenge i think it's a threat <laughs> okay here i'm gonna have a quick sip i normally talk about food we're not gonna do that we don't have enough time tonight because we're gonna be here for a while talking about a lot of stuff so uh i am going to oh look somebody oh mike chowns my buddy out in uh in saskatchewan's drinking his home brewed brave noise so that's a good good uh, call i like that um so Aaron is on the show tonight. I think most of you already know why, as we discussed, but just in case, uh, we discussed it earlier. You, you mentioned it. Um, Aaron has been, we say, amplifying, resharing uh, stories of um, intolerance, abuse, um, like violence in some horrible cases uh, that people have experienced within the, the broader beer scene 
be that working at breweries, working at uh, bars and restaurants, uh, et cetera. Um, as I said, uh, giving an opportunity for these stories to be shared uh, in, a, in a way that a lot of people are going to see it, as opposed to maybe a few. Um, and um, I think you mentioned it while I was shotgunning that beer, uh, that uh, this was done previously in the States. Um, and I think, as you probably uh, alluded to and felt, uh, one of the most disheartening things about that was while that was happening, um, uh, the, the users uh, at is at Rat Magnet. She did the same sort of thing. I felt like that went on for well over a week or two of just dozens of stories a day. And the constant refrain in this area was, that's awful. And those experiences are just you know, beyond the pale, but we don't have that here. It was a little bit like, do you remember years ago, uh, the guy who was the leader of, um, I think it was, was it Iran or Saudi Arabia? A Manajab was asked about what he was doing to support uh, LGBTQ uh, issues in his country. And he said, uh, oh no, we don't have that there. <laughs> They're just a statistical anom anomaly. There are no gay people there. It doesn't exist. That, that was the exact same response we had in, in Canada was, uh, oh, that's terrible, but we don't have that here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you've been you've been working to I don't want to say disprove that. That isn't maybe quite the right spirit, but working to uh, to amplify that. Uh, so let me throw over to you, because this is a part's going to be a little interviewee, maybe. Uh, Obviously, I know you've had a ton of stories that you can't share, and that's not what I'm looking for here. But what would you say is the most surprising thing that you've come across doing this? this is a, we call this a lob in the industry. The mo I think the most surprising thing is still how surprised everybody was. You know, like, obviously, I launched forth and did this because I realized people out here kept saying that it's not an issue. But just the amount of shock in the back end of my DMs, especially from people who were close to the industry, who I, I just assumed wouldn't be so shocked, the amount of it was shocking. And I think, you know, I knew the volume coming into this, but you still register it in a whole different way when you're having the conversations. And for the most part, every single person that sends a message, you don't want to just be like, okay, perfect and on boom, and send it out the door. You kind of want to talk for a minute or, you know, whatever they're going through comes through. And it just, it was a monumental amount. I still, I, I think I was more worried it would just flop and I could not believe the amount of time I was spending on my phone. Like, thank God for the guys I work with. <laughs> the day that I was brewing and resharing stories, I was a disaster running around the brewery, dropping things, everything was flooding. <laughs> they're chasing me, cleaning up behind me. So yeah, it's been an experience. I um, wasn't sure how to get across here. And I was on a little email thread with a chat with Ren a lot. And then I reached out to Ash who kind of led the brave noise thing with Brienne. And I got in a thread with all of them and kind of said, you know, I think, I think we need to show people out here that's a problem. And I think we, because if we're going to engage people and actually get change to happen, people need to know why that change needs to happen. And I think like they had total faith in it being an issue, but I think they were also a little doubtful, like, will this launch, you know, I, will it be as bad? And then everybody saw it just go nuts. And it's mostly Ontario based. So 
it's so hard because Canada is so small. <laughs> so it's very hard. Ontario is kind of the easiest area to share from because it's the highest density, I guess. Maybe, maybe just as much in BC, but the reach hasn't come in quite as much. But yeah, it's been crazy. And all right around where I am, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, absolutely, it's true. Um, so with, uh, with what you've been sharing, you've, you know, I know you've been talking a lot about um, stuff that you can't share because whatever one reason or another, um, and that it, it was, what did you say about 60% of what you're getting was like, stuff that you just either the person said, please don't, or you looked at it and said, this is something I can't can't share for whatever reason for the most part i mean now i'm probably getting 80 percent. i can't share like at first it was you know probably 70 30 you can share 30 you can't and as we're getting deeper and deeper and more people are realizing okay i want you to know what the issues here are in case there's action or something happens but i'll be so identifiable i can't i had people i've had people tell me they can't even follow me because they're worried the breweries are watching them so hmm. Like, it's pretty wild. I think that never even occurred to me to be an issue. But yeah, the majority I'm getting now are private. And a lot of people that are still telling me that they want to share, they're just trying to build up the nerve. And at the same time, I say, if you're too scared or you're worried, like, don't, this isn't on everybody's back to do. But yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. So there's still a lot of stuff coming through. I'm still probably spending at least three, four hours on my phone a day on the back end of my Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you know this and you don't need to hear it and you certainly don't need to hear it from me, but uh, just the fact for a lot of those people having somebody that can listen, um, that's got to be huge. Like just the, the sense of validation and knowing that they're going to be heard and not questioned, not judged, not, you know, relevant, relevant, relevantized. I can never say that word, but <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's gotta be massive. It is. And I think a lot of, there's a lot of shame. I think the number one thing I hear from women or other marginalized populations, obviously this has opened up to people of color, indigenous people, black people, Asian people, to us, LGBTQ, everybody. But I mean, as a white female, like I'm just one step away from full privilege. So there's definitely more of us. It's easier for us to enter the other. There's so little of the other marginalized populations. You just don't get much, which is why we don't see as much from those populations because the few that are out there, they've got some stories. But I think the number one thing I'm hearing from women is just the amount of shame and guilt that women have carried. Because you do what you have to do to stay employed and stay in the industry. And I know because I did it too, there's things I walked away from and it's very hard to, it's hard to integrate those things afterwards because you know you shouldn't have tolerated that, but you did tolerate that because it's the only way you're going to stay present. And there's a lot of women letting go of a lot of weight now because it's not just them. And they're seeing how many other people tolerated the same or worse or, and yeah, and there's, you know, I don't, <laughs> there's definitely trolls. There's trolls, but I, I don't think I expected the level of gratitude, and it almost makes me feel terrible. Like not ter the people are so relieved to be able to speak. It's a little bit heartbreaking what people have been holding on to out there. So yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's interesting. So it's funny, right? So as you say, um, you know, you're a straight white woman, so you 
tick a couple of boxes, but not all, uh, in the in the grand scale of comfort uh, in, in the industry. Um, but uh, but yeah, like even just the, the the notion that our industry is mostly white. Mm-hmm. with you know exceptions but very much so exceptions um and and yeah female staff members brewers whatever are becoming more not regular because that isn't exactly it but more common let's say but that uh they're still and but sorry by there i mean women are still absolutely the exception uh, in the industry. And, and so, yeah, as soon as you start mixing, uh, uh, those, those variables, women of color, women who aren't straight women of color who aren't, you know what I mean? It just becomes even more and more problematic where the, the islands that they probably feel like they're standing on are smaller and smaller and smaller. And, uh, and that sense that there isn't an outlet there isn't a way one of the things that struck me in in a lot of the posts that you shared um well well two things and they're they're related um one is how often one of the justifications that the person sharing had rationalized and could share was that sense of they were willing to put up with a certain amount because they loved the industry or they loved the beer or they loved whatever. And so to be part of it, they, they'd allowed a certain amount of bullshit that they would have to endure. And then the the flip to that is, and there are a number of them. and, And again, maybe more that we don't see where the, the punchline of the story is, and that's why I left the industry. Right. And so those are people we've lost, right. They're, yeah, they're gone. They're Huge not part numbers. of our industry. Yeah. yeah. Tons, which is tons of women. when we consider that every international women's day and every pride month and every black history month and whatever breweries will <laughs> make some very nice social media posts because they want to <laughs> bring more people alongside. Mm-hmm. That's a, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you here. That was a a consideration I hadn't really worked through mentally to realize, oh, this is, this is how we lose people, right? We don't lose people because grain bags are heavy, you know, or brew houses are hot. We lose them because they're being sexually assaulted, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's a really troubling reality. And it, and it's really troubling because there are a lot of people who are doing it good out there for sure. You know, your brewery uh, immediately springs to mind because you're sitting across from me or digitally across from me. Uh, <laughs> but that idea that somebody comes in that would be a, a, a perfectly good hire for you or for any one of a number of really positive good places and they end up in a place where instead of being brought up in it i i mean at 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 best in these stories they're they're minimized and ignored and at worst they're you know victims of actual abuse uh that's just you know it's 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 hard to to sit with 
Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there's so many different levels to it too. And having had 10 years of experience in the industry and having had a number of positions and the amount of kind of realizing and learning you do along the way, and then the volume of people that I've been able to talk to in such a short period of time has hit a lot of things home. And there's so many facets to it. Cause of course you have the sexual assaults and the violence, which are very in your face, like this is bad. But I think it, it, I think it was Meg Grey Matter who said death by a thousand paper cuts, which yeah. is so much a thing. There's so much, you know, undercutting and barbs and small things that you don't even feel it adding up until you just realize that you feel like you get no respect. And there's also, you know, microaggressions. I know it's everybody's favorite or least favorite word, but I realized too, especially young women or you know, I say young, but I think I only really figured this out, you know, a year or two ago and I'm not young, is there's a lot of small aggressions that happen that if you were to talk to that person afterwards, they'd be like, it's not because you're a woman. Like, you know, they're just an asshole, but it's 100% aggravated by gender. You know, there's, and people don't even realize they're doing it. And so the problem becomes, you can't even go back to these brewery owners or managers and say, here's where you need to do better. Cause they just look at you and they're like, but we're fine. You just, you were rude or you were, there's these differentials that go on that make it very complicated to address. And if you keep talking about it and you keep trying to prove your point, well, then you're irritating or they're too sensitive or then you're too emotional. And, you know, before you know it, you've been painted into a box that you don't even belong in because people are writing your narrative for you. So it's very hard to break some of this stuff out. Uh, it's, yeah, I kind of went on a little tangent there because I got so many things running through my head after the, the few weeks of doing this, but. No, no, yeah. but this is actually really good because you remember we said uh, we're going to just go with the flow tonight. And I feel like you just very nicely segued me to be able to say, so I know because I saw some texts today and I know that this wasn't without intent, let's say, uh, that you have, you're not just going to be um, sharing stories on your Instagram going forward. You've got some, uh, some other ideas and if you're willing, and this is an appropriate moment, uh, why don't you uh, bring us alongside on, on what you're thinking, what your next steps in, in the next weeks and months are going to be. And then I think we will, you know what, I'm just going to say after you've done that, let's unmute our friends here on zoom and let's just start talking. And if you are on, um, Instagram and or YouTube and you want to throw a question in I'm going to the the Instagram questions fly by real quick but I'm going to try and start paying attention right now and and also kind of keep an ear on Aaron but uh if you want to put questions however wherever uh we'll we'll endeavor to uh to tackle them I do already have some stock ones ready uh but why don't you talk a little bit about what your uh next steps are for sure. And I'm willing to answer any questions. I'm kind of an open book here and I know people have a lot of questions. And so, yeah, so I'd spent, I mean, even before Brienne Rat Magnet kind of launched her thing that started incidentally, I knew I wanted to do something for women in the industry. I knew I wanted an initiative. I knew I wanted to do something to create more safety, but it was such an abstract and crazy concept. I could just, I couldn't wrap my head around how to do it. And even right up to kind of launching this initiative, because I don't know what else to call it, 
I didn't have a really solid idea. I just had an idea of what I wanted. And I think as I've gone through the last few weeks and I can really clearly see now where the problems are, how the problems happen, kind of where they sit, I can see how they start because yeah, there's, I could go on forever about how this happens in the back end and how everything starts mapping it out itself out. It's crazy. So um, first in March, and I cannot take the majority credit for this, Queens of Craft, an amazing, because this is the other thing too, right? Organizations and organizations can be whatever they want to be. They can paint themselves with whatever brush they want, but there's a very big difference between action and performatism. Um, so Queens of Craft has always been amazing for not being, not, for not being performative. They get things done. They're amazing people coming out of a, a brewery that's doing amazing work. And they approached me as this was kind of all unfolding and said, this is kind of something we'd like to do. We'd like to do some workshops, kind of help people. Do you want to get in on board with this? And I said, yeah. So I'm working with them and Jensen, who is, uh, it's, I wrote it out, Sexual Crisis Center. She's a support education she provides education and support to sexual assault survivors. And she's amazing and she's done so much work. So we have a four part series that'll be starting in March. There'll be um, one part of the workshop will be on supporting trauma and how to respond to it. One part on allyship and we're gonna have a panel, some wonderful people and kind of teaching people how they can be better allies because I get asked that a lot in the back end. What should I do? What can I do? Um, we're also doing one on bystander intervention training because I don't know if anybody's done Hollaback. It's amazing. Uh, the whole bystander intervention. We're not doing it with Hollaback this time, but great stuff to know. And then uh, a workshop to help management understand how to better work with sexual harassment and assault in the workplace. Because there's, <laughs> it's, I realized the biggest thing through this is you've got a small industry with small businesses being able to report, being able to get help, and then being able to provide help is a huge issue because there's just so many issues in there. So we'll be doing that. And then I'm still at the very beginning stages of kind of what I'm trying to launch from myself. I know I've put a couple of picks out there just so people see it coming. And I'm not trying to get ahead of myself and announce it before it's ready, but I want people to know that I am working on something. All these people who've come forward and laid stories out and put everything on the table and shared so much and made themselves so incredibly vulnerable with me and with everybody else. I want them to know that it's not for nothing. I'm not just coming out here to smear emotional porn all over the place and then walk away. So I'm hoping to build um, a type of safety network through the industry that will encourage accountability and work in breweries, will help provide information to consumers uh, to know where they're safe, you know, who has a code of conduct, who adheres to their code of conduct, what work and training has gone on at different breweries to help ensure that, you know, these policies are being followed, available toolkits, things like that. And then I'm hoping to have kind of a, an industry-only access that will help women, uh, Black people, Asian people, any marginalized population communicate with each other to find safe spaces and to be able to find accountability amongst one another. So <laughs> I'm biting off a chunk here. So I'm trying to figure out how to make it work. And, you know, I've always got Ren on the other side who has become, you know, my other half through this. I can't say enough wonderful things about that woman. And she's been doing this pretty much all on her own for how freaking long out here. So... Yeah, I'm sorting through this and hoping, and if everything goes 
the way I'd like, I will have my own little not-for-profit at some point to be able to provide more help within the industry. So we'll see. I got to keep running my brewery too. So, <laughs> you know. You got to keep the home fires burning. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I'm passionate about it. And I think, sorry, my kids are going to bed. So they're all doing the parade in front of me to say goodnight. Um, I thought I could hear children. I thought it was mine. I was like, mine over there, they should be in bed. <laughs> I live in an old farmhouse, so it's like this one giant open space. So the idea of quiet or solitude is pretty much a, a non-matter out here. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I lost my spot there. But oh, yeah. So when I started this, like I think there is also, and some of the feedback I got right away is, you know, I'm a brewery owner. And <laughs> coming in at this, other brewery owners were like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? you're one of us and this is and I get that but I'm a woman before I'm a brewery owner I'm a woman who spent 10 years in this industry dealing with pardon my language dealing with a bunch of shit and I think you know all brewery owners should be ready to be proactive and deal with this shit too so ready to step up and kind of cover both areas here so Hopefully that answers the question. I tend to yeah. go off on tangents. No, no, that's that's great. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I'm just going to quickly say, coming through on the Instagram machine, uh, nothing on on YouTube. That's fine. That that that's makes fine. it easy that on me. Uh, Ren does say that she loves you, and let's be honest, uh, all do. And Ren, we Ren all love you. Been, oh, and Ren's Jen also gave you some hearts. Uh, there was yeah. a comment. It was a girl named Jake. The fear that exists in so many to share their stories underlies underlines how real this issue is. Agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, it's. I'm just gonna go, guys. Can you all? Can you all not talk in the hallway right now? Thank you very much. <laughs> Mommy's on a very important um, Zoom call with a hipster in Toronto. Is, I'm sure everybody knows who a girl named Jake is too. She's done some amazing work in the craft beer scene. So. I appreciate the words. Cool. Uh, I'm going to move to a more uh, open question thing, and I do have some stuff to start out with. But before we do that, uh, we do have some people on our Zoom call right now. Now, friends on the Zoom call, I'm going to undo uh, the spotlighting I did just as people were joining, and I wasn't entirely sure. I didn't want anyone cutting in. Uh, I see a couple of names. I'm not going to out anybody right now. But if you would like to participate in... Um, conversation uh feel free to just unmute and then i'm gonna call on you to introduce yourself this is what we call an amish wedding which is you never know when you're gonna have to make a speech so uh <laughs> so if you would like to i know one of you is from mennonite country kevin yeah. <laughs> i think i've helped dump off grain in one of those farms out there Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah, we've all three have unmuted. Let's uh, just, as you run across my screen, Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Yeah, I could do that. The, the Mennonite segue was amazing. And um, here, Kevin. Oh yeah. This is going to be a Freer, problem. Uh, head brewer, block three brewing. Um, happy to be here. Uh, happy to support everything that Aaron's doing and um, uh, friends for years. So yeah. Good to see everyone. Okay, hang on one sec, because it looks like Aaron can't hear you, but I heard all of that. So my problem is going to be I have to turn off my computer audio, or it was echoing into my phone. So I can hear you, but I can't hear Kevin. Okay. Well, so how do I? 
that's not super ideal, but if any of our participants are going to ask you a direct question, I'll Uh buffer it through. I wonder if there's something I can do to my phone so that it's not, oh, they can't hear Kevin on uh, the Instagram. I'm snapping my fingers here in front of me. Oh, of course they can't hear Kevin because it's the Zoom machine. We thought we were being smart. Oh my gosh. It's (laughs) like we've never done this before or something like that. what can we do? Well, what we can. No, that doesn't work. So my headphones on. Sorry, friends. We're literally thinking on the fly here. Can they jump uh, onto the story? Probably not. Well, if Kevin, Tammy, and Eric are available with a second device, and you want to jump on to the Toronto Beer Podcast Instagram feed, I would be happy to allow you onto it. Otherwise, I as long as. Well, no, I can even recap and shorten down, but I can I can recap some level of answers for the Instagram machine. We can do that. It's it's I've been in weirder uh, conversations than this, but with uh, translators and so on and so forth. Kevin's just joined and he's about to. Yeah, exactly. Raleigh Jake, that's what we're that's what we're aiming for. Uh, in the meantime, so by the way, friends on Instagram, Kevin Freer from Block Three Brewing uh, uh, is is on our uh, Zoom call. Uh, Tammy, I've uh, why don't you go ahead and 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 make a brief introduction, and then I'll pass that on to our friends on Instagram until we've figured out what this is. <laughs> Okay. Um, hi, I'm Tammy, and um, I'm one of the brewers at Chapter Two in Windsor, Ontario. Um, yeah, I'm kind of new to the Ontario beer scene. I moved from Montreal, but I've been in this area for about two years now, and I've been brewing for six years. Cool. So for Instagram, Tammy. Oh shoot! I'm sorry because I just saw a question. <laughs> and you said you were from two. Chapter two. Chapter two. Thank you. Everybody who's been following the story knows why there's a number that just confused me. Tammy's (laughs) from chapter two brewing. She's been in the province for about two years. Also, that was another two you said uh, brewing for about six and uh, happy to have you with us. (laughs) Nice to meet you somewhat digitally. We have Graham Kobayashi wants to join us on Zoom. We all good with that, friends? Yeah, we've got some nods. Yeah. I'm wondering if I, because it's not you, but no, it probably won't work. I was wondering if I could feed it through my phone. I'm going to shut up. I'm not a techie person. I was thinking about turning my phone around, but then I would have to put my main speakers on and it sounds like crap. We're going to figure this out. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Eric, why don't you uh, uh, do what just happened there and then I'll <laughs> do what I just did there and we'll get there together. Am I going to say hi, Jenna? Yeah. Nice to see you say hi. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Eric. Um, I work at Kitchissippi Beer Company. Uh, I've been in the industry for about, I don't know, six years-ish now, I guess. Um, worked at a few different breweries, and I am Indigenous, which is kind of a uh, unique thing in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, friends on Instagram, my friend Eric, my new friend Eric, just uh, uh, said he's at, you said Kitchissippi, sorry, I've got so many things flying around. Kitchissippi Brewing, uh, been brewing in the industry for a while. Uh, Eric, uh, as noted, interestingly, uh, that he is Indigenous, which is definitely an outlier in our industry. Um, Again, starting to pull together uh, some other uh, tick boxes that come in from the sides. So, uh, glad to have you with us. And, uh, 
we have another friend uh, lurking on mute and no video, and they say uh, it's just too noisy where they are. So that's fine. Uh, that friend might uh, comment something uh, in in the chat. Now, uh, sorry, I'm just uh, screaming through some. Uh, yeah, we got that. Some questions on the Instagram. So what I'm going to do. Uh, first of all, I'm going to throw to Aaron. I'm going to let Aaron kind of talk. And then uh, Tammy, Eric, Kevin, uh, extra person, if you would like, um, <laughs> via chat or whatever to add to this. But, uh, oh, wait, I've got a request here. I think that's Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, you're in. Sorry, pal. I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates right now. Did I get that? <laughs> accept? We thought we were Kevin, being did I accept you? Oh, look at that. Kevin? Kevin. There. Oh yeah, there you are. Okay. So now Kevin's joined us. One last person that I have to uh, uh, do that for. So that's all good. Okay. So the first question, um, I can't remember who this is from and I'm literally doing it from memory because of course, what I always do is I leave these things on my phone and then I can't use my phone because it's doing the Instagram thing. But the question was basically this, when we talk about these problems that exist, um, the way the question was worded, and I'm not going to editorialize on it too much, was uh, who is this up to really to fix? Is this an issue for management and ownership at breweries? And there is a B part to the question, but I'm going to just let you work on the A part and then we'll throw the B part in and see if you get to the B part in the answer anyway. <laughs> I think there's two parts to that or two answers to that first part. In general, in society as a whole, it's up to all of us. Like I get so often, you know, why should I care? Or why do I need to fix it? Or I'm not racist or I'm not sexist or why is this my problem? But people around you are having issues. If you're a decent human being, you want to help. You want everything to be better for everybody. You don't want people to feel like shit or feel like they can't enter. You just want it to be better. When it comes to within breweries, within businesses, the one thing I see now, it, it is 100% on management, on ownership, and on the top level to lead and set the problems. Because everything I've seen, and especially the breweries that have gotten crazy messy in the stories, and I've had to spend like hours and hours and hours managing DMs behind the scenes, when it's super toxic at the top, that falls down. And then you end up with so many interpersonal relationship issues with your staff, with favoritism, with people not understanding things. It just, it's insidious and it causes massive problems. So if people come into your business and they know that bullshit is not going to be tolerated, the bullshit goes away. And yeah, you have to set them up. And I get that as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, this is harder to do. But that's why really strong HR is necessary in larger breweries and in larger areas and HR that cares and matters. The number of times I've gotten stories where stuff has been laughed off by HR because it's minor is insane. So, so but it is definitely a top down problem. All right. Uh, I'm just going to really briefly interject, hold that thought, put a pin in it, everybody. I just added a comment on Instagram. Um, it came off sounding really like I'm being a dick to people. I didn't mean for it to sound that way. I said, anybody can search Toronto Beer Podcast on YouTube and Zoom call li is live there. What I meant was, hey, 
if anybody wants to, you can follow the Zoom call, which has everybody on it on uh, YouTube. Just search Toronto Beer Podcast. We're live right now. I realized the way I worded that, trying to type with my tripod came off sounding pretty bad. Not how I intended it to sound. Uh, good insight, uh, Aaron, Tammy, Kevin, Eric. Anybody want to uh, add to that? Jump in. And if you're not Kevin, I'll relay on to uh, Instagram. <laughs> Uh, if I may, uh, if I may. Uh, yeah, one of the things that Aaron said a little bit earlier was uh, that, like, that other like other owners would, uh, would be like, you're, like, one, you're one of us. us. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I'm I'm an that owner. Is that is a horrible thing, thing to say. To say. <laughs> like, like, it's not it's like not this. Like this it's well, it is this like boys club, but it shouldn't be this boys club, right? So yeah, so, that, yeah, that, that kind of managing a, a, workplace, a workplace, not even not just, even in, just terms in terms of, of you know, misogyny, sexism, racism, things like, like that, that, but even like, just like um, a good work a good environment, environment and, and stuff. stuff um, um, it comes from the top down, down, like, like you know, you know, get shitty, breathe shit, like, and and the the owner should definitely put in put stone, stone like this like, is how this we're going to run, run this place and this is how it's going to be there's no, no slipping because, because hey this guy's really good but he's, but he's also like a giant, giant shithead like like i i don't know he's only a little point. salty yeah I don't, yeah he's just a little like i don't know why people will make these make these you know gray lines in the sand like no one's that fucking good like like it's beer. It's pretty yeah, it's fucking easy, easy, to easy to make. I don't know I why don't people think that, that you can't just replace, replace this dude, dude or, 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 or some other woman or whatever, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Tammy, Eric, yeah, anything you want to add? Feel free or feel free not to. You, you don't have to. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll, mean, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, oh. I mean, I kind of agree with, you know, what Aaron said. And said it, as soon as she said it, I thought... That's what I'm thinking. Um, I've um, talked with a lot of men and they'll say things like, oh, well, I would never do that. Or I've never heard of that happening. My friends aren't like that. And I think, well, that doesn't mean it's not happening. And and now that you're hearing about it from someone that's experienced it, you know, you should look out for it and, and try to shut it down. And then on the flip side too, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's management and you know, you have to lead by example and you're the ones that are supposed to be there and be setting the standard for your employees. And, you know, you have a, a code of conduct and, you know, you have a culture that you're trying to create for your business. And, you know, it's like, if you, if you don't care or if you ignore things, people are going to find out. And again, you know, they're going to quit or they're going to, you know, tell everyone that they know. <laughs> um, and it just makes you feel kind of like as an employee, you know, you go to your, your management with your, your problems or, you know, experiences that you've had. And they, like you said too, Aaron, they just kind of make you feel like you're crazy. <laughs> you know, um, it just, it, it just makes everyone feel like, you know, worthless more or less. So I definitely think it's a management thing. Yeah. Thank you, Tammy. I'm going to, Eric, I'm going to get to you in just one second. I'm going to point out, we've had some comments on Instagram. Because of something happening with somebody's speaker somewhere, they can hear the Zoom call. But that's great. Just leave it alone. I think there's a bit of an echo, but I think it's audible. 
<laughs> if it's not you, it's not so bad. So if I turn my volume on, it crosses over a little bit. Okay. There you go. Okay. Fantastic. You We're working with that. Uh, Eric, before you, I know you have something you want to say about this. This is just a quick aside. And so you don't need to worry. We're going to get right back to what you're talking about. I've lost the comment now. Uh, oh, there it is. Original Hobster says, eh, they're just here for the rock beer uh, collab. I'm assuming that's a block three uh, little beast. <laughs> I gotta make <laughs> Kevin's literally make dying Kevin right now. Beer. <laughs> literally Kevin dying. Knows. There's one thing you can't make him make. It's a smoky beer. Uh Eric, do you want to talk a little bit? Who's who, I was gonna say who's to blame? We're all to blame, but who who needs to be working to make this better? Yeah, no, I know uh it's it, for me it's, it's definitely a management level thing. Um it has to come from up top and down to the people who are managing the day-to-day -day brewery operations and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's difficult to see as a person working in a brewery that, you know, this person isn't pulling their weight and you go and, and you express it to your manager and your manager goes, Oh no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. That, that guy's fine. And then you go, okay, but this is the fifth time I've told you, <laughs> and then if you want to go above that person, all of a sudden you're now in trouble from that person for having gone above that person without reporting. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of um, small business issues of just not understanding structure and having proper training in place for people who probably haven't had much managerial experience in the past. So unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's great. It's all well and good. If, if you are, you know, one of one, uh, maybe even one of two, but as soon as mm -hmm. you get more people involved, there should be training. There should definitely mm -hmm. be managerial training in place for people to understand how to deal with the personal interactions between people. Cause you're not going to get along with everyone you work with, nor should you have to, you should just mm -hmm. have to be able to work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I agree with that entirely. That's uh yeah. <laughs> it's funny how uh, a, a sensible grown-up opinion like that actually came off as seeming um, unusually exceptional right now in, in our current world. You don't have to like everybody that you work with. <laughs> um, the B part to the question, and, and nobody got there, and that's not a, that's not a knock against any of you. Um, and again, um, I think, uh, I'm just trying to remember everybody, but most of you are working in fairly smaller uh, context breweries. But the B part of the question was, is there a role here for a union? Uh, whether it's, by the way, now I am editorializing. The question was just, is there a role for a union? Um, whether that's sort of a, a broader union that people can opt to join, whether that's a union for specific breweries or whatever. Uh, is that, what do you guys think? Is that something that could help? And I'm saying that as a unionized worker who has not entirely good feelings about the people who take $80 a month from me. Just putting that out there my opinion on this so i don't know a ton i've never worked a unionized job so i don't know a ton about the inner workings of unions but as like thinking of a union as a body that regulates ensures safety ensures proper workplace treatment 100 percent some type of body to help protect workers could 100 percent used in this industry I would like to think that everybody who owns a small brewery is a decent enough human to just want to be a decent boss on their own. Um, 
I think I'm good to my staff. You know, I've tried to sit down through this and talk to the guys on my team and be like, if something happens, come to me. I don't care if it's me, like keep the dialogue going and try to make sure things are fair. But not everything's perfect. And the way I see people being treated in this industry, and if you go beyond just gender and marginalized population issues, there is so much abuse in this from free labor to you know, crappy wages to unpaid overtime to dangerous like breweries that don't have a WSIB, you know, we're cool, we're fucking cowboys that are flying by the seat of their pants doing the dumbest shit. So there needs to be something in this industry because I'm surprised more people haven't died. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, Tammy, Kevin, Eric, anyone just jump on in, feel free. I think it would be interesting to see how to see it how would work, work, but I, but I also just wonder, like, would it be more localized, you know, like, because I know there is talk right now um, about this idea, and I can't remember what they're calling it, um, but I've talked about it with my, my fellow brewer, and I just wonder, you know, if it's like Canada-wide, how does that help us really directly where I am, you know, is it going to be more local, and then does everyone where I am have to join? You know, it's kind of a small community where I am anyway, so people tend to help each other out. But in the terms of like, you know, better pay, fair pay, you know, all that kind of thing. Like, I just, I wonder how that would, would work. Yeah, and I want to add to that too. I think on a similar line of thought, sorry, me again here. But <laughs> there are so many groups, so many bodies, so many different organizations in beer that are supposed to help something, I'm sure. And not to be super inflammatory. OCB. What are most of them doing? Are oh, sorry, I got to catch my <laughs> Like, I like at this point, like I'm pretty, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. There's so many performative organizations out there that aren't protecting anything. So mm -hmm. how do you make these organizations effective when they're put in place? Yeah, totally. Uh, Kevin or Eric, if you want to jump in, if not, I'm going to crack another beer. We do have some comments floating in across Instagram, but I can, I can multitask poorly. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a quick one. I'll jump in. If you don't mind. Uh, Kevin, you're still muted on Zoom, buddy, but uh, go ahead and uh, unmute and then we jump can... in there. I could hear you via the Instagram feed, but I couldn't hear you via the Zoom feed. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so uh, I mean, like, like, obviously, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm in a minute of an doesn't particularly apply to me, but I'm not against it. I, I, I you know, I've, I've been doing, doing this for. 11, 11 years, years now, now and I've been, I've been seeing some real, real, real crazy, crazy shit, shit. <laughs> for, for a long time. <laughs> um, it, but, but, but to echo kind of what Tammy said and what uh, Aaron, Aaron said, like we're small, like how, how is this, this, this going to affect us? Um, you know, I have I have five full-time employees, right? Two of which are in production. Like what's... You know, what exactly, you know, exactly is this going to change, change about their day-to-day -day -day life? life? I like, I like to, think to think that every, that every brewery owner is going to be good. good. But obviously, but obviously from, from the last uh, couple, couple of weeks, weeks there, it's, it's the greatest stories. They really are. They are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. we got a lot of work to do. And maybe, 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 maybe a union is the way to do that. I don't know. Um, I've never actually worked in a union. So I 
I'm open to suggestions and I'm open to the conversation. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. And yeah. 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 I feel like if we can use a safety network to show which breweries are truly safe to work at and which ones truly care about their employees, then maybe if we can put that on display, the best people will go to the best places. So you choke out the places that aren't mm. with their employees, right? Maybe that sounds a bit harsh, but there's some big differentials. And when you watch the stories that have come up through the past while, I, I mean, nobody's perfect. I, somebody could nail me for something like, sure. And if they did, you know, I'd own up and you talk about it, right? We've all made mistakes. So knowing how to apologize for your mistakes is number one, but there's, there's a good handful of breweries that haven't come up. And then there's a bunch that have come up, Oof. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Well now, uh, so two things, we did have a question about that uh, uh aaron i've asked you a question in the chat that maybe you just answered oh no no oh Je our, our sorry our yeah do you uh, here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna read out that um mm -hmm. answer and uh and in the meantime can you just check i just sent you a dm in the chat on zoom about a potential participant for friends who are watching at home obviously um Aaron, DM in, the chat. in the chat it just it didn't go to the whole chat it just went to you uh okay. it'll just be in your chat stream on zoom uh there it is uh, you don't have to answer it loud. You can even just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, we are obviously being cautious because a lot of people would rather not have us talk about this. So we're just making sure that the people who are participating are people who aren't just there to um, throw shit and break shit. Uh, so in the meantime, we do have a participant uh, who I'm just going to leave as a friend of ours who's in the Zoom. And they have said, and I'm going to quote here, uh, they're pro-union, the only workplace where I haven't been treated like garbage, at least some of the time, was a unionized shop. It wasn't a brewery, but it was an industrialized, male-dominated environment. Not so sure the owner-led approach is the answer. Workers need more power. Not sure how to get there or what the best tactic is, but I don't have a ton of trust left in brewery owners to do the right thing when the public's not looking. No offense, brewery owners. No, that's fair. Oh, sorry. And at the very bottom, Jen says, you can say my name, by the way. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's fair. our friend, Jen. <laughs> to, uh, to Jen's point, I always joke, but it's not a joke. Part of the reason I opened a brewery is because if I didn't open my own brewery, I would have left the industry because I was sick of the bullshit. Um, sorry, I know you can all hear my obnoxiously loud keyboard here, but I'm just typing an answer to Aaron. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So it, as noted, I work in a, I work for Canada Post. I think um, some people watching uh, know that, but for those who don't, uh, I work at Canada Post. It's a very unionized uh, environment and uh, the union does some stuff fairly well and does a lot of stuff really badly. Um, that doesn't mean that my personal experience with a unionized environment translates to all unionized environments. Uh, that's just my own environment. But uh, I've always long said, in a country like Canada, we shouldn't need unions because we have fairly good government controlled um, labor laws, and that they'd be really useful in places where, for instance, literal slaves are making clothing for uh, mainline North American brands. Uh, 
you know, or literal slaves are harvesting sugar and or cocoa and or coffee. Uh, but that's uh, that's a whole nother story. But it's an interesting idea in this context um, that admittedly my immediate response whenever I hear that is again, like, oh, Canada, we probably don't need it. But then we have this ream now of stories that say, well, no one else is doing it. <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, it's a little bit like that Simpsons gag with uh, Flanders's parents that were beatniks and they're like, we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Like, <laughs> hey, maybe we could give it a try. <laughs> you know, it's probably not going to make things worse. So uh, it's an interesting idea. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I'm, I'm not in a place to say whether how the implementation would look or whatever, but uh, you know, I think it could be an interesting idea. There needs to be something to protect people. And Jen, like what Jen Nad was saying, and she's completely correct in top, like when I say top down, top down needs to set the example, but 100%, there has to be employee voice and employees in there to help control and manage because it's a problem. This industry is a massive problem. I'm going to say, I saw a question a while back and I'm happy to answer anything. And if there's people who are looking for, and if somebody asked a question about, um, I'm reading this, there are not sufficient laws to protect hospitality workers. No, there's 100% not sufficient laws. That's correct. Um, about forefathers in the stories I brought about forefathers. If you want to type that back into the chat again and I can catch it, then I'd be happy to answer it. Uh, you don't even have to. I think I can get there. I did, oh, did you get it? see oh, it. Um, the, the, the top down the thing top needs, down to, thing also needs be, to also be... Um, People say top down, down a lot, down like, a lot like we have to hold the top accountable, but you also have, have to have like a reporting system from the bottom, from the bottom up. Right? They have, like to, they have, have to have a way to report, report these types of things, things um, without fear of retribution, without fear of, you know, just being like ostracized, you know, oh, this this server is problematic because they're they're stirring up some stuff, right? That shouldn't happen. No, 100%. If you're going to be a small business owner, if you fuck up, you better be ready to hear it. And your your staff should be able to comfortably tell you something's not okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, um, I, I was in the food industry before going to Somebody beer, wants to pop or something. I can't um, see what it is, though. But yeah. Keep was, going, Eric. Oh, keep going. Yeah. No, I, oh, yeah, here we go. I, I, didn't hear I joined here one beer from oh, yeah. food, and uh, it was... It was very similar in my experiences in both um you know being the lower end of the scale you know that you're gonna get in shit and you know that you're gonna get shit on and uh if you say anything you're just gonna get pushed aside and and made to do the the bad tasks and you know that's like everyone said we we need something um this industry is a fun one it could be a great one but uh right now unfortunately like it is it, it feels so similar to the food industry where you just you just know that if you say anything they'll let you go you're replaceable mm -hmm. just a warm body and and they'll find mm -hmm. someone who will come in and do it for cheaper yeah i was literally told once when i was complaining at a brewery that if i really didn't like it i could leave and they'd find somebody else to replace me for 10 cents an hour like yeah 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 um i'm just, just sorry there we go just sent, putting a comment up there um 
Yeah. The, the, I think one of the biggest problems is we all have this idea that like, uh, this is like a really good feel good industry and we're all buddies and everybody cares about each other and stuff. And, and that almost is a way of knocking the legs out of any complaint before you get it, because immediately you can be like, well, come on, we're all a family. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, (laughs) that doesn't honor the fact that like, yeah, okay. But you know what? Sometimes my mom really, gets my goat and sometimes we have to have some hard conversations by the way i don't think my mom's watching but mom if you are i do love you to the moon and back (laughs) sometimes you do some stuff and i feel like hey we have to have a conversation about this we've had them it's not comfortable for any of us um but but that's that's one of the problems when you work in these really small uh oh sorry okay cool 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 um a really small uh business really small industry is there's a real sense of uh of 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 like oh we're all in this together like you can't have a problem with me because i'm on your team we're all part of the we're doing the same thing um kevin is given a, a go ahead we do have a problem so on instagram we're kind of flipping between mediums here uh big willy beer sorry uh on instagram i've been sort of uh, marginalizing you a little bit here. The problem, Big Willy Beer, is if you're on Instagram, <laughs> nobody on Zoom can hear you, and nobody on the podcast will hear you. You'll only be audible on the Instagram thing. And while I was admittedly using that to compartmentalize you in case you were a troll, uh, also, uh, that's why I haven't done it yet. I've just accepted you into the call now, I think. You should be popping up any second. But now we're going to have to do this in reverse, where I'm going to have to take what he says... <laughs> on on instagram and pass it up to the zoom so uh big willie beer has now joined us on on instagram and again apologies i hope you understand uh where we're coming from but go ahead uh say what you're gonna say and then i'll pass it up to the zoom sounds good all good everybody can hear me Mm -hmm. yeah okay nice to meet you my name's scott willard uh that fellow that's kind of above me kevin i'm lucky to call a friend good man um (laughs) Kevin and I actually spoke quite a bit about uh, this stuff last week at Block 3. Um, I am a brewery owner slash brewer new to the game. Schooner Street Brewery in Waterloo is where we're going to be located. Um, I came from, well, I I worked in unionized facilities for 30 plus years. You go to work, you do your job, you don't cause trouble. It's all good. Um, My big thing is, so I I actually just quit my job after 13 years to get into the brewing industry because I was doing it as a hobby, talking about it, writing about it. Um, But I left my job of 13 years, which was a municipal job that paid well, was unionized, great benefits, but a toxic work environment. Hmm. The place I worked, I'm telling you right now, systemic racism is alive and well, and it's it's painful, it's horrible, and I couldn't take it anymore. There's more to life than money. I followed my passion. I want to get into brewing, get into the beer industry. Uh, the biggest thing for me is um, I'm going to educate myself, my staff, on what you can do and cannot do. 
because what's going on is completely unacceptable. So I put myself into a position where I own something now and I can control it and hopefully I can control it and educate my staff along the way. So I appreciate everything you've done, Aaron. And yeah. So that's kind of my two cents, I guess. <laughs> I've heard some great stories back too, by the way. So it's always nice when you hear good stories <laughs> at this <Yeah>. point. <laughs> that, was, that was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, it's funny, actually. I think we've had some similar experiences in, in, in life. And again, my apologies for uh, not throwing you up sooner, but uh, <laughs> There's, There's a, a lot of people, people who want to say some things that we just don't want to have on this podcast. <laughs> uh, the gist of what uh, Big Willie Beer on Instagram was saying was that uh, he'd spent time in a unionized environment. It wasn't great. A lot of racism, a lot of problems, has started a craft brewery and is working hard to educate uh, staff uh, about being I don't even know how to say this. Good people, like just not being giant assholes to people. Did I did I summarize that? Well, pretty much. Why do people have to be assholes? I just don't get it. Yeah, it makes no sense. And I and I think the biggest thing is to, to own your own small business. You almost feel like you're entitled to do whatever the hell you want to whoever is there, which is completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good thing I'm going to pass up is that for uh, the observation, a lot of people who own a small business feel like it gives them like license to do whatever they want to the people who work for them because they're sort of like the, again, putting words in your mouth here, but like they're the emperor, they're the king, they get to make their mm -hmm. own call. And, uh, and that, uh, that's, that's, that's a cultural problem. And it's absolutely prevalent in a lot of places, but definitely. And again, earlier, we were talking in the context of unionization, uh, working for very small companies. And I was saying that whole idea, hey, we're all friends, we're all family. The, the flip to that is also the Hey, I gave you a job, man. Like I'm the guy who did the thing for you. So you can't complain about what I do. You owe me, you know, that's, that's as much of a problem. That's as much as, of a problem. As Ren said earlier, if there's one thing we've come to learn, it's the, we're a family is a giant red flag sometimes. Oh my gosh. I know. I will there are a never, lot of families ever, I don't want to be part of. I, I worked somewhere that was actually run by a family. Oh, it was I got to unmute you. Where's my mute? Wait, who's muted? Tammy, I think, was talking. I'm muted. No, there we she's go. good. She's good. Okay, never mind. Oh, maybe, maybe it's a good thing, but I said I worked somewhere that was actually run by a family. So it was like they always defended each other and had each other's back and uh, didn't believe anyone else. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Not cool. So, yeah. I'm just scrolling through Instagram trying to make sure we haven't missed anything. Uh, just Emzor says, just pay your employees adequately and provide development opportunities. Um, I don't know the context that that comment came in on. Uh, I don't know if that's a trolley thing. I can read that in two different ways. I think ways. it was with the union stuff. It came yeah, I think I, that that's. I was thinking in that yeah. exact thing. Oh, Ren's going to join us on Zoom. That's lovely. Um, that, uh, uh, yeah, from the context of unionization, just pay your employees adequately and provide development opportunities. And and I, the the 
Oh, they've said more. Most brewery owners are in debt at the start, but the unfortunate part is that the staff of the brewery feel the debt most because they have to cut corners. That's an interesting point of view. Um, uh, there, actually, now there's a whole lot of things, a lot of plates spinning in my head here. Um, in the grand scale of things, the question of unionization, I think, it can't be down to uh, individuals at individual breweries. If that was a thing, it would need to be much wider. Like it would need to be a, uh, an industry trade group that was neither beholden to uh, the breweries nor the retailers, but was predominantly interested in the people who produce the beer. Um, they might be... Um, you know, a craft brewing organization at maybe a provincial level, uh, like Ontario, but maybe not specifically that. Uh, but the point is, it doesn't necessarily have to be a formalized union. There probably could be some sort of an industry trade group whose primary focus wasn't, in fact, the retailers or the owners of the producers, but rather the people who produce the beer. Um, but sadly, I think it's fair to say we don't have that right now in the province. Um, whether that's an organized, properly, uh, uh, legally founded union, or as I say, just an interest group uh, within the industry, uh, we don't have either. Hey, uh, oh, go on, no, go on, Aaron. I was just for the interest of this conversation too, do unions protect marginalized populations? You know, like, and that's, I mean, because we need a better industry, but we also really need to start protecting our marginalized populations to bring more in. Yeah. But yeah, you were going to introduce Ren, so I'll step back. I was going to introduce Ren, but before I do that, sorry, Ren, you're going to have to wait a second longer because I will agree with you on that, that in the context that I work, which is, in fact, a unionized environment, um, one of the founding principles is that everybody's equal. They don't quite say we don't see color, but they might as well be saying we don't see color. It's like, if you don't see color, then you probably shouldn't be in this role <laughs> because we need to, because there's a lot of people who you would see need to be supported that you're intentionally ignoring on the grounds of, oh, sorry, I don't see color. Uh, mm. Not cool, not cool. Uh, anyway, uh, and that's neither here nor there. Uh, Ren has joined us. Ren, uh, yeah, you've just unmuted because you've done this before. This ain't your first rodeo. Uh, why don't you just briefly introduce yourself and... Uh, uh, I'm Ren Navarro. I run Weird Diversity and I am permanently exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, on Instagram, Ren said she's Ren and she's permanently exhausted. If you're, I don't know how many devices you have access to, but if you want to throw in a request, I can throw you on Instagram or I can just do what I just did there. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, we could, um, I can, they, they can hear me too when I unmute. Can you, can oh yeah, you no, that's right. Sorry. That's right. People hear you. That's right. That's right. That's, that's, right. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, just as a quick aside, uh, you know, because we need to lighten the mood for a moment. I did just crack this open. Oh, she's that's an attractive beer. Yeah. Yeah, I like that it's a it's a palm tree. That that speaks to me. Like that. that could be me right there. Beautiful little saison. Uh, okay, sorry, I'm going in ten different uh, uh, directions at once. Um, I've got a question. No, that's not really a question. A human who makes stuff says speak on issues from a top down perspective, and it's somehow seen as. Valid by virtue of ownership. Mm -hmm. 
not necessarily a question, but I think that's a call to uh, to speak on that, the, the top-down issue. Anyone want to jump in on that? I kind of missed it. Sorry, I'm also reading... Oh, no, I've already read that one. Oh, there's so many things happening in my feed. Uh, I think human who makes stuff wants us to speak on issues from a top-down perspective, and it's somehow seen as valid by... Oh, no, no, that, that, sorry, that comment brains working slowly is agreeing with what we're saying that uh people talk about it being like uh, um we talk about it needing to be top down but also the problem is like seen as valid by virtue of ownership like if you're the owner in this position you don't need to be doing this because you're the owner like you mm-hmm. can do what you want and uh, and of course that is uh, inherently problematic go on if I, because I can unmute if I know she's going to talk. But did she just disappear? Did she just go? Oh, oh, there. Oh, <laughs> there she is. Okay. Brand's bobbing around. around. Okay. Oh, she's on mute again. It's okay. It's okay. So, so uh, human who makes f- stuff further co- uh, commented that that's 100% depends on the union itself. This is talking about unions is what it was. They're not a monolith and who they protect is largely up to the individual union. And that absolutely, uh, I can agree with from a personal experience uh, point of view. Uh, if, if the union's leadership, it's, it's, um, it's not just its members, but it's elected members that are in control are not actually representative of the people in the union. Uh, then the, the, what's the point? If, if the union represents a, a body of workers who are inherently um, multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-gendered, et cetera, and all of the people in uh, controlling roles of the union are straight white guys, maybe they got lucky and got exactly the right straight white guys, but uh, that doesn't seem statistically probable. It's Mm -hmm. problematic. We jump back. What was the forefathers question? It was just about uh, how do you feel about forefathers going forward? It was pretty open-ended and also. How is that? That was all. Yeah. It was just how I feel about forefathers going forward. Yeah, before you say anything, wow. human who makes stuff, I'm sorry, I'm juggling a lot of things here. And I've, I've missed the, 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 the thrust of your question, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, I kind of, I think the union stuff, though, we can probably move past, just because it's kind of not, yeah, the union conversation is good, but it's kind of veering off what we're doing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But go on uh, to what you were heading towards there. Oh, that, well, if it was just how I feel about forefathers, how I feel doesn't really matter because it's not really about my feelings. Um, it's about if they can figure out what they're doing. And because clearly this, that was one of the stories where the staff was getting caught up in the crossfire and it started getting really ugly. And when it gets to that point, I don't really want to share stories anymore because, you know, <laughs> they need to work on themselves but yeah my personal feelings about forefathers moving forward don't really matter here i had an interesting thing if i can uh jump in on it with that and it's nothing to do with forefathers specifically because personally i'm not sure i probably have had something that they've made at some point in the history of their brewery but certainly nothing that springs to mind and 
nothing that I've gone out of my way to purchase and put in my fridge. But one of the things that happens when this sort of a thing happens in, in an industry, and, and for me, obviously, this the, the beer um, aspect of it's very personal because I spend a lot of time in this, this space. Um, it's like, what do you, what do you do with breweries who've, I don't want to say behave badly because that's really minimizing the problem, but you know what I mean? Uh, breweries who've been identified as being problematic, let's say, um, wh what do you do with that? I think and, there's a few, oh, sorry. Oh, so, sorry. I was going to say, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. so on the one hand, uh, I felt at least somewhat comforted that um, most of the people who I've been shopping from uh, recently didn't show up in the, in the feed, which doesn't mean they didn't show up in the ones we didn't see. Uh, but uh, there was a, a sense of, uh, again, as a white bearded, top knotted hipster, I went, oh, there were a few. There were a few, but on the whole, I thought, uh, that's, that's easier to deal with. And then I thought, but that's problematic because what that roots back to is it's about my comfort and not about the impact that those breweries have had on other people's lives in like really awfully painful ways. Um, but like, so what do you do with that idea? And, and what's interesting, uh, you know, to throw another barb because we can. Uh, there was recently a post on Man Antler that subsequently had its comments disabled. Um, and a lot of people were, I don't want to say piling on because that's maybe minimizing the action and, and the bravery that it takes to speak out. But a lot of people were pointing out that this post did not necessarily um, accept responsibility in a real way uh, <laughs> or deal with the actual problems uh, presented. Um, and, and I participated in that. I commented on it, uh, it calling them out. But what struck me was the number of people whose comments clearly indicated that their primary concern was that to accept the idea that that brewery was being really awful to some people would negatively impact their own comfort, right? Mm -hmm. So that same instinct that I had when I thought, oh, the brewery that I love didn't show up in the posts. That's the same energy, right? I probably wouldn't be so bloody minded as to make a public post defending said brewery should a post show up saying no no they've done some pretty awful things and and they don't deserve your patron um but at the same time i thought i actually kind of understand where those people are coming from because they just happened to be on the wrong team you know they like and support a brewery that has done some terrible things and their natural response is, oh, we've never had a problem. No one's ever grabbed my ass when I came into that brewery. So everything's fine. Um, and in a way, I, 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 do, I certainly don't support. I don't endorse that. But that's an understandable point of view. But like as individuals, what are we supposed to do with this? Uh, and I do have an answer, but I think it'd be better to put it to the, the, the crowd. I, I think 
you know, being conscious before you jump in on something, when you read something, before you automatically jump to defend, and this is the very nature of the problem, everybody out there is somebody else's friend. There's always someone ready to defend. So when someone speaks a story, before you jump to defend, you listen. And when someone speaks a story that starts with, he was found innocent of sexual assault, <laughs> stop to consider how difficult it is to be found guilty. And to this particular story, it is, I have not engaged with social media on breweries posts because I don't want to destroy businesses. I want people to find accountability. I did engage with this post. I knew them personally. I know the victims. I've spoken to every ex-employee. I know the full story. So I responded. And on that post, the people that responded in defense, I have spoken to some of them since. One of them was one of my suppliers. He no longer is. Uh, and another one uh, runs some festivals around here. He acknowledged that he shouldn't have jumped to before I even approached him, that he shouldn't have jumped to defend, that he's done his research. He realized he was in the wrong. His actions, he showed accountability, he deleted his support, and he learned a lesson that hopefully carries forward. Um, my vendor did not, so I'm finding new vendors now. But yeah, before you look at, if you're looking at somebody who's putting out a statement of dismissal and we didn't really do this and an apology that ends in, please stop being mean to us. <laughs> Before you jump to defend them, do your research. Because there is a lot of people. And I think, you know, I get so many well-intentioned DMs in the back from men that I understand are well-intentioned <laughs> about how shocked they are and how hard it is to read. Oh my God, one more guy tells me that he can't read the stories anymore because it's too hard on him. That's great. We all lived it and we're still reading the stories. So I really don't wanna hear that your mental health can't handle this feed. Not to sound harsh, but it's a reality. Yeah, and the excusal's like, I have daughters. So, you know, this is really hard to read. We were humans before you had daughters. Like it shouldn't have taken you having a child to understand that you shouldn't treat women like shit and rape them. So yeah, I understand the idea of relief. You know, I've had some relief at, so my very large dog is walking around. I've had some relief at some of my, you know, when I launched into this, I look at some of my best male friends, like Kevin, who's talked tonight in this industry. and. Yeah, I was a little terrified. What if he's not Thankfully, they did not. None of my closest friends did. Uh, but I did have to write a story about, well, I did have to write a story about one person and it, and it broke my heart because you don't want to see the people you care about. But it happens. So you can be disappointed, but own that disappointment. Yeah. Anyone else? Tammy, Kevin, Ren, Jen, anyone want to jump in? Ren, yeah, you don't even have to throw your hand up. Just on mute, girl, go on. I, I was just trying to be polite here too. That's nice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. Just like what Aaron was saying, like the amount of dudes who were like, you know, my wife, my daughters. And it's like, so because you have women who are directly in your lives, suddenly you're like, Oh shit, I should be concerned. And, and I think that part of it, you know, um, having talked to Aaron, I mean, I talk to Aaron all the time anyway, but we've been talking a lot all day, every day. And the amount of people who are kind of that like faux shocked of things and think of the people who aren't shocked. Like you talk to, to your, you know, your women friends, your underrepresented friends, and we all are like, this is, this has always been, I mean, I've been uh, in this industry in some way, shape or form for 10 years. 
and none of this is new. And, you know, I'm in the, I, I gave a few stories when Aaron started doing it just to kind of help her with her numbers and be like, yeah, here's a story. Um, but I have a lot of stories that I can't give because I was the only black female sales rep in Ontario for like ever. Um, and I, I don't think I've ever been replaced. Please tell me I'm wrong. I want someone to be like, actually, um, the only two black women I know that are in a front facing role are in tap rooms. And I know them both. And I'm really good friends with both of them. Um, but yeah, I can't tell stories because I worked at breweries where I was like employee number three or employee number 10 or employee number two. So it's like, I've got a bunch of stories and I've got a bunch of breweries that they've improved or they've tried to improve. And then there are breweries where I'm like, I would gladly be the first person to strike the match to burn you down to the ground because you're performative as anything. And I think you're terrible. And God, I hope someone else can tell a story about you because you've got your head held way too high. And, and I think that you know, the people who message and, and for people who are listening to this podcast, don't message Erin and tell her she's so great and so strong to be doing this. Um, you should be doing this too. And you're an asshole if you message her to be like, you're so strong. And I'm not talking about the people who have stories. I'm talking about the people who don't like to get their hands dirty. And there are a lot of people out there right now who are just like, mm, girl power, isn't this so great? Erin's uh, doing all this stuff. And it's like, you know what? You should be there with her. Um, you don't have to be as outspoken, but you better be like a step behind her because if you're not like shit, I'm watching you. And there, there are friends of mine who I'm like, I am super disappointed in you because you talk about how hard it is to be a woman, how hard it is to be a hashtag woman, whatever. And you are doing nothing. Hashtags don't save lives. Oh. Yep. They don't. Hey, really quickly, I'm going to jump in. Oh, Tammy, I just saw you on mute. Actually, no, no. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go to Tammy. You're going to speak. I just want to say really briefly towards the Instagram machine, human who makes stuff, I got you. I've read your messages, and I'm going to 100% put those into words in a second. We're just going to follow this flow, but I'm definitely going to say that because your point is pretty fucking fantastic but tammy go on and then i'm gonna jump in after you i just yeah i've been doing yeah, a lot of nodding right. here and yeah. um, no. my husband, my husband fucking, fucking, he's nodding, he's too. nodding too. um but almost like ren said like i've been the only whatever in certain places so if i said anything it would be like well bing we know who that is <laughs> um and if anyone's watching this you probably know where i'm talking about but i think with a lot of things this is like we can't be surprised, but we can still be disappointed. Like this is not shocking to anybody. Um, but it's still really disappointing that it's 2021. And, and I feel like, yeah, 2022, sorry. Um, I see a lot of women write in these messages to Aaron and they say, you know, I can't believe I'm 25 and this is still happening, you know? And I feel like I'm like almost 40, you know? Like this has been my whole working life. And I feel like I can't believe we're still doing this, you know? And, and you know, my mom has these stories too. And um, so it's, yeah, it's really disappointing. And I've, I've had a lot of the same experiences where men will say, I have daughters, I have sisters, whatever, you know, or I'll, I'll write and I'll say, this is like my daily life. And they'll be like, yeah, that, I'm, I imagine that's really hard. And I'm like, how could you even imagine how difficult it is to be a woman? And, and, you know, 
and I wouldn't even like, you know, go too extreme, but it's like just physically like what we have to deal with. And it's like, we always have to be better almost than our male counterparts because we're dealing with a little bit more on the physical side as well. And so it's just like, and you can never complain and you can never, you know, like you said earlier, Aaron, like be emotional or have feelings because then you're a certain type of person. And it's just, it's exhausting. And, and yeah, like Ren said, I feel like if you are working with a female, if you're a female or you're male or, or whatever you identify as, and, and you're working with people that are going through this, then you need to, you need to support them because it's like, it's really hard to be out, be out here alone. <laughs> And if I can, I would also like to speak to what Ren was saying and what Tammy was saying about, you know, being one of the only ones. I hope I didn't cut anybody off here. Did I? No, I didn't. Okay. There are breweries that I have stories about that if I met these people in a freaking dark room, I would lose my mind that are not coming out at all because the breweries are small and nobody can tell their stories because everybody will immediately know who and where. And the stories I have heard enrage me, like goosebumps of anger. And it's so frustrating because you can't help the person. You can't do anything for them. If they leave their job, they may not find employment elsewhere. And you know they're sitting with this and it's awful, like awful. The stuff I know is awful. Anyways, just trying to reinforce kind of what's being said here, so. Yep. Uh, okay, so now to amplify what Human Who Makes Stuff was actually trying to say, okay. and I was reading into things, and they've made it very clear. And their point is a good one. Uh, they're talking specifically about when uh, we had, um, I've even forgotten his Instagram handle now, Big Willie Beer, uh, on. Uh, their point is that uh, having somebody who just quit their day job and now owns a brewery with that experience is an example of how this industry sees ownership as inherently worthy of attention. The reality is the only qualification you need to own a brewery is access to capital. And that in this particular case, he just came on and talked about unions being bad because he'd been in a bad one. Um, and and saying like, hey, it'll be cool because I've been in a bad one. I know what it needs to be to be a good boss. Uh, and they say workers don't want to hear more promises. They just want to see that. Uh, sorry, the uh, the right bosses. They don't want to hear promises about how the right boss will fix everything. That is one hundred percent. Um, accurate in the general. I don't know in the specifics because I don't know who that person is. Literally, we spent about eight minutes trying to figure out whether or not to even uh, bring that person on. Kevin said, no, I know that person, not a terrible person. Um, but that's a very fair uh, assessment. And, and speaking to a couple of people who are involved at ownership level of breweries, it is kind of true. If you can rock up with enough money to open a brewery, you become a brewer, br brewer, <laughs> added a, an extra ER in that. Um, and all of a sudden you become an authority, right? And in a lot of cases, those are people who have earned that authority, have earned the, uh, the right to speak to, to, uh, issues within breweries or whatever. Uh, but certainly 
and again, Aaron, your stories <laughs> make clear that uh, there are people who have earned, to use scare quotes, that that uh, that position, but who certainly do not have uh, the experience, uh, the the ability. In fact, uh, one of the things we were talking about earlier was like. <laughs> what a strong HR department could do for so many small breweries, because the assumption is that the owner is going to handle that. When there's only eight people, you probably don't have an HR department. You're relying on the person who literally signs the checks, take care of that part of the business. And I'm not going to say that that never works because it probably does sometimes, but that becomes a very risky proposition uh, from a brewery ownership point of view. And, and actually, I know for a fact, we have two people here on the call, both of whom are unmuted right now, uh, who are directly involved in the uh, the governance of a very small brewery. How, how do you how do you deal with that? Because because, of course, again, I, I don't know, but I'm assuming both Aaron and Kevin, I don't think either of you have a dedicated HR person at the brewery. And that's not a that's dig. Not a that's just a reality of scale. But like, actually, to broaden that for a brief second, one of the most interesting things that I got uh, when, I, when I went, oh, I wasn't expecting that, reading the stories, Aaron, that you were posting, was there were a couple that mentioned that returning to macro beer, right? Industrial lager beer was such a, a release because they have healthy, capable, empowered HR departments that can actually deal with the problems that most small breweries sweep under the rug or ignore or actually perpetuate. Um, so especially Aaron and Kevin, and then to a wider group, because we have other people, if you want to speak to that, like, what's the difficulty there? How hard is that um, reconciling like the HR role versus the ownership role when you don't have an HR department? I think, are you okay? Do you want me to go first, Kev? Are you okay with that? What? I think in a brewery this small, saying you have HR is completely unrealistic. Because even if you have HR, there's so few people that if somebody reports to HR, you know who that person is. So what's HR gonna do? Be like, hey, that person over there, they fucked up. And then the owner looks. So if you're gonna be a business as small as that, you just need to be 100% accountable as a human being. And, you know, I, I, I always say the most valuable lesson I had before owning this brewery was working for a super small brewery, of truly shitty human beings because I would never, ever want to treat somebody in my entire fucking life like I was treated at that place. So it was, not that I ever think I would, but boy, did it ever drive home. You, there is an accountability that comes with being small and there's no way to regulate that. And there's nowhere to control that. But hopefully the shitty people are gonna leave, or sorry, the shitty people are gonna make the good people leave. And I like to think that the guys I work with will tell me if I'm fucking up, but I'll never 100% know if they're completely comfortable telling me how they feel. So I just have to, <laughs> I have to hope I'm doing it right. I have to, I just, I keep setting the tone and hope they feel comfortable telling me. And you know, we had a meeting the last day we were all together on Friday where I sat them down. I'm like, just because I'm doing all this doesn't mean I think I'm above it. And you know, I, I, there is another person at my business for a while who was a 
horrifically toxic human being who I had to account for issues that happened because shit does happen. So you need to learn to apologize for the shit that does happen and you need to be open to criticism. I know it's hard though. The small business is, it's a hard, maybe Kevin has, I know Kevin's dealt with some shit, so. Yeah. Um, oh, I gotta unmute him. Here he comes. No, he's good. No, he's good. In, uh, uh, um, HR generally exists in a company to um, protect the company um, against anything, right? Like they're they're managing human resources to make sure that everyone's taken care of and that the company is not going to get sued for doing something horribly illegal to their employees. Um, and this kind of goes back to the, the union talk and everything like that. Um, Obviously, we have we're a small company. We have five full-time employees and four or five part-time employees. So we don't really have an HR department, but we do have friends who work in HR departments at much larger companies. And most of that is, yeah, just protecting uh, the company against things that might turn up. Um, but yeah, we 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 have we've had some stuff come up, and we want to make sure you're legally covered, but. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a tough call. Like HR is not generally in favor of the employee. It's generally in favor of the company, despite what uh, it might sound like. So I think this this whole union thing is not like a terrible idea, but I also wish that there's a world where that doesn't have to exist. And I, I want to provide a business where that doesn't have to exist. Yep. But maybe uh, not as altruistic as I am. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, Kevin, you've dropped off the instrument call. You warned. Yeah, I, I put him back on. Just disappeared. So if you're watching on Zoom, hopefully I'm going to come back in a second. I'm still on Instagram. This sometimes happens. I've got yeah, him. It went it. through. Yeah, yeah. We're okay. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Uh, for Instagram, because Kevin wasn't there and then I disappeared off the Zoom. God, I, I think the creator is telling us right now we need to wrap things up maybe. But uh, and, and Kevin, actually, what you you echoed something that was uh, mentioned in the comments, which is exactly that, which is that uh, a lot of the time HR serves the company first and their interest in working with uh, employees is insofar as it directly <laughs> impacts the company. Um, and that that's another tough balance. And as you said, uh, that that's another interesting angle from a union. Um, yeah, that's that's a very real thing. Uh, yeah, Ren saying technology, yeah, gosh. What are we going to do? Uh, it is uh, 12 minutes until 11. This is a significantly longer episode than we're used to here at the uh, Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. Um, but, uh, but what I think, I haven't seen... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Human Who Makes Stuff, our friend, a friend of the pod, says HR has the same boss as every other worker. That is true. Um I will point out, uh, just Emzor's pointed out, uh, for smaller breweries, third-party HR companies are a great option for smaller breweries. So 
depending on your definition of small, that, that is a, a real potential. It's true, you can outsource some of that. I don't think I've missed any questions, and if I have, I'm sorry, it's kind of too late. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw uh, the floor open just for a minute uh, to uh, the people who've been participating on, on Zoom. Uh, if they want to um, say anything, add anything, etc. Otherwise, I think we should wrap up, not least because I do have to be up early tomorrow, uh, but I have been happy to be hanging out and talking uh, and drinking this delicious beer, by the way, uh, La Saison d'Etre from uh, Little Beasts, also available uh, for order most places in the province, I'm told, uh, by the person who puts it in the boxes. So uh, you have to take her word for that. Uh, what I'm going to do, let's uh, work sort of backwards. Uh, Jen, uh, if you want to say anything, now is your moment. Kind of shaking your head, are you? Oh no, I just I I, 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 I was uh, oh sorry, hang on, I think I'm spotlighted. There you um, go, go on. No, I um I kind of just jumped in. I'm a world class lurker, and I spent most of the time lurking because I was uh, in a brewery. I'm home now, and it's too late. Um, but uh, no, it's been uh, I've been really appreciating what Aaron's been doing and this has been a conversation I think that a lot of us have been having behind the scenes for years and years and years and it's you know I hope this goes somewhere and I hope we see some changes in the industry too because I think that just in general uh it's it's a it's a dumpster fire um for everybody I think not just for women and I, I mean I, I, it's it's marginalized folks and we don't have that conversation enough um, I find that's one thing that just tends to happen a lot is we just talk about like how it is for women and we tend to forget about a lot of other other segments that uh, we don't see very much and i think that, that that's something we have to do better at um and i'm glad to see that things are changing a little bit uh but yeah it's i just i don't want to forget that because that's something i definitely overlook because i am incredibly self-absorbed um as a human and i just tend to <laughs> uh put it off in my own experience um but i think yeah we can if we kind of keep that in mind too it's going to make things a little bit you know maybe a little bit better um in general but i think these are all really, really good conversations, and I hope that they keep going. Um, but yeah, sorry, I wish I could have could have been in this more with you guys. Um, but uh, maybe next time. We'll do it again. Yeah. That's very good. I lost my Zoom call, but I'm going to be on Instagram. Uh, I was going to throw next to uh, whoever was next. Uh, to Jen in the call, but I think I'll just turn Kevin for a second. I can see even YouTube's having trouble with this. So uh, keep talking. I don't know what's happening on the before, but we're still here on Instagram. Uh, so uh, Kevin, if you want to say something, if you're still attached soon. She is. Uh, we'll He's ready. Yep. I know we can still hear you on Instagram, so go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna say, like, I can, I can kind of hear the bleed here, man. It's, it's, uh, everything's falling apart, much like the industry. We should probably just call this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I poured a rush beer out for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, disgusting. <laughs> but Jen, Jen, uh, Nat, it's good to, it's good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while, eh? Oh, Jesus. I'm in the house. Good, uh, see everyone here. Uh, there's been some good talk today. I, I enjoyed this a lot. Thank you. Okay. Nice one.
You want me to, can you see? Do you want me to, you want me to throw it to the next person? I gotta go to bed. I gotta work. There we go. Anything, Ren? Oh, that was a throw to me. I was like, what? Um, I, I think if you are, if you're a person who really loves the industry and you're wondering what you can do because you're just like, oh shit, this is really heavy, um, vote with your dollars. Ask breweries what their plans are. Ask to see their value statements. Ask to see their code of conduct. Ask how they're following them. Ask how they're enforcing it. Um, these are not big, heavy questions. They should be able to answer you in, in 30 seconds or less. Um, I'm not asking you to put yourself in front of a, a runaway train. It's just, um, yeah, a lot of breweries made really good beer and they got called out. There are other breweries that make really great beer. So go visit them. Um, and I, I think that, you know, uh, what Aaron is doing is absolutely fantastic. I think that it's, it's a lot harder than people think it is um, because it's how hard can it be to get a bunch of terrible stories? It's really hard. Um, if your feelings get hurt on the regular because your favorite beer isn't in stock, you wouldn't be able to do this. So um, thank you, Aaron. Uh, we appreciate it. I'm back on Zoom. Uh, Tammy, uh, if you want to unmute, if there's anything you want to add, say goodnight, goodbye, whatever. Um, yeah, I just want to say, I'm actually an American in Canada, but when I saw all this kind of happening last year, I thought, um, I, I wasn't surprised, but then I thought, you know, I wonder how Canada stands you know, in, in this regard and how things are here. And I'm, so I'm glad that this has come out and this has started, um, you know, and yeah. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm happy that this is happening. Um, I, in my own personal area, I'm sort of trying to collect, I guess, women in fermentation and build a group. And, you know, we are going to participate in the, the women's day brew with pink boots and my boss is really excited about doing like a brave noise um crew so i'm just trying to get yeah a group together so that we can you know promote the education and just show that you know we're we are here you know there are, there are women and people of color in this industry um so and i think this is a great place to start and, and i'm getting a lot of great resources so thank you Sweet action, obviously. Um, yep. Uh, we missed Eric. Eric had to uh, bow out. And I'm very thankful that he joined us for the part that he was able to. Uh, but Aaron, um, any thoughts? In summary, uh, yeah. So, you know, whoever's still hanging in, if I am still on the back end, my Instagram is going to stay as it is for as long as whatever this is. So I'm taking stories to share or as personal information I get also matters in terms of what I'm trying to build in the future. I don't want to just let this drop. I have goals to make this into something bigger. I plan to try my best to make this matter so people haven't shared with absolutely no purpose and intention because people have laid themselves out there. So it's still there. It's staying up. There's a future to this. Uh, I'm sure you all follow Beer Diversity. If you don't follow her, a girl named girl named Jake, not a girl named Jake, girl named Jake, also should be following Woman of the Bevolution. You should be following, of course, Rat Magnet. Get on top of it. The Brave Noise Collab. If you have questions, hit them up. Hit Ren up. Hit me up. 
it's a great collab with a great purpose. Get a code of conduct up if you don't already have it. And yeah, I'm here. I'm here for this. So hopefully, you know, we can push some change in this industry and make it better because holy fuck, it's toxic as fuck. <laughs> and Ren, I love you. That woman has kept me alive the last three weeks, let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, that's good. I love that. So I'm going to wrap it up because I keep losing my Zoom feed, but I am back now. Uh, but while I've still got it, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. I appreciate everybody who joined me tonight. Appreciate all the questions and comments. comments. Uh, uh, fantastic. fantastic. Uh, it was pointed out in the Instagram feed, and I will uh, honor that. That Yeah, vote with your dollars. It's real easy to just be intentional about whose beer you buy. Um and uh, and uh, right away, we already know a, a couple of great breweries who are represented here. But if you're not sure, the easiest thing you can do is just ask. You can just ask. You can say, where's your code of conduct and how do you enforce it? Um, and if you feel like the person's making you feel like you're being uppity and causing problems, top secret they might not be the best person to vote with your dollars. So go ahead and uh, vote with your dollars with breweries that you care about that are doing the things that you agree with. And, uh, and, and yeah, uh, I, I, I seriously can't say enough about how appreciative I am. Uh, all my friends who've joined me tonight and everybody who's been watching. Uh, it's been a really good uh, conversation. Have we solved the problems of the world? No. But we've certainly given people um, some very tangible steps that they can make uh, to try and work towards that. Uh, it's it's a big goal. It's a big goal. And uh, certainly we, we would like to see uh, we'd like to see ourselves closer to it tomorrow than we were yesterday. And we would like to see ourselves closer to it a lot closer next year than we were this year. Um, and we can only do that through incremental change, right? You you probably, <laughs> certainly nobody on this call can change it all. And uh, I don't think anybody can, but you can change the part that you're involved with. And if we all choose to just change the part we're involved with, um, if we all agree to do that, things are gonna change. So please, um, call the breweries that you support into account and ask them how they're working to change it. Um, they probably have a bigger scope than you do. Uh, and you do not have to buy their beer. I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the podcast. With a few notable exceptions, nobody on Ontario is making a beer that you can't get from another brewery. So uh, sorry to all the brewers out there who think you're doing something really magical. Uh, you're not. Um, <laughs> There's, there's a lot of options out there. Uh, I think Ontario has more breweries than any other province in, in the country. BC might have us, but let's be honest, they're on the other side of the mountains. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Um, you can vote with your dollars and still drink the beer you love. So please do that. Uh, as Aaron mentioned, there are a bunch of people we need to be following. Here's the thing. If you are also a very white, very bearded hipster, one of the best things you can do is listen and sit with those stories. You probably can't fix them, but the at the very least, you can listen and, and acknowledge that you've listened to those stories and say, I hear you. Uh, don't 
don't try and solve the problems because top secret, you probably can't. But listen, be willing to be uncomfortable with those stories because they are terrible, uncomfortable stories. But be willing to do that, be willing to engage with that, and then just see how your uh, how your spirit changes and and who you support changes and and go with that. Anyway, this has been a very long episode. Um, if you're listening to it live right now and you want to listen to it again on the podcast tomorrow, it ain't going to happen. There's going to be some serious downloading and editing I'm going to have to do. That's going to have to happen tomorrow. But because uh, I got to go to bed, guys, I'm a tired old man. But uh, it has been a real pleasure having you all join us. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to press stop on the recording button on Zoom. And at that point, the podcast, my friends, is over. And that point, it's now.